Travelers, and welcome to episode 14 of Stats on Stats. Today's topic of discussion is Ethria by A.R. Holloway. Before we get into today's discussion, we have a little housekeeping we want to do. If you're watching this on YouTube, please consider dropping a like and a subscribe, and don't forget to hit that bell to get notifications for all of our shows like The Cross Media Show, The Marvel Mondays Initiative, The Penultimate Game Show, and Anime Nation. If you're watching this on Twitch and have Amazon Prime, you have Prime Gaming, which means you have one free sub to give out. We'd love if you gave it to us, but you know what? If you don't, it's all right. So, joining me today, as always, the Mechanic Fanboy and Blink Stepping Hunter, Joel Harvey. Joel, how are we doing today? Oh, man, I'm doing fantastic, Rich. I'm a little tired, but you're- I'm here and I'm ready to do this episode. You're, you're tired after the week I've had. You're tired. Okay. All right. Dude, I'll, I got like a, a one hour nap, two hour nap. <laughs> We're going to keep the bickering going, but we probably shouldn't do that. And joining us for the first time on Stats on Stats, the author of today's topic, Aaron Holloway. Aaron, how are we doing today? Doing all right. Still recovering from, from uh, COVID myself, but other than that, I'm doing all right. All right. We, uh, Took out the cough, so <laughs> sorry. You picked that up. It's all good, and we're glad you're you know feeling a little bit better. That COVID stuff is uh, not a fun time. Before no, we dive, no, uh, before we dive into today's topic, I forgot to go over the schedule really quickly. So shortly after our show ends at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Pacific, join Ruben, Christian, Ryan, and Griffin as they stream the new Mario Party game for Extra Life. On Monday, the Marvel Mondays initiatives will be returning with their Eternals review and also the grand return of Eric Gen. On Tuesday, we're going to be talking about movies for the rest of the year on the Cross Media Show. And then on Wednesday for the penultimate game show, their review of the Guardians of the Galaxy game. And that should be a very interesting time. Now. Let's go ahead and dive on into Etheria before we actually, you know, share our thoughts on the book. Aaron, why don't you tell us what Etheria is about? Uh, first off, it's Etheria. <laughs> Etheria, I'm so sorry. I've been uh, saying Etheria. Yeah, That's been stuck in my good. head. You're all good. No, That's... I've been saying Etheria, and he's been correcting me like all week. Yeah. And I'm like, like every podcaster is Why are you? It's perfectly uh... fine. <laughs> and, and it's worse. It's so much worse. Because we listen to the audiobook and it's been saying it every time. I am unprofessional. Well, that's all right. <laughs> so basically, um, Ethria is the uh, it's the story of this guy who uh, Daniel who gets uh, transported to another world that is essentially based on. Uh, hard statistics like a old-fashioned pen and paper rpg mixed with some of the um the like more freeform skills-based rpgs that you we you have kind of that are more modern more popular today in video games uh it's a little bit of a mix of those two systems um he basically gets summoned by a couple of gods uh, on ethria who um who need some help and then he's able to 
his quest is basically to help this people who this group of people who have been persecuted this entire time. It's basically him fumbling around trying to figure out what the heck to do, <laughs> and who the heck he actually is supposed to be helping. So that's a, that's kind of the, the story in a nutshell. That, that's a pretty you know plain description without going into like all the spoilers and like you know little sneak peeks really of what's going to happen. That. Yeah, we. <laughs> Which we will have a little bit of a spoiler territory where Joel and I can talk about some of our <coughs> favorite parts. But, Joel, I want you to go ahead and uh, let, give me your thoughts on the book. Just the overall thoughts, uh, what you liked, what you didn't like. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was a pretty good uh, little RPG. Um, it does a lot of like world building and like has a unique world uh and the system of like the way that works um the magic system is uh cool just how it like mixes to D, &D like damage based numbers with like uh and like the uh magic system how it works, like how you cast spells in general. Um, yeah. Uh, pretty good. <laughs> All right. I... Uh, for me, I really enjoyed it. It was uh, definitely a little bit of a slower burn at the beginning and not necessarily a bad thing. A lot of the times when a uh, book starts off with kind of a more slower tone and takes a little bit for the actual like game to start, it kind of turns me away, but I'm really glad I stuck through with this one because I did originally read this over the summer. I got it on Kindle. I think you had posted in one of the Lit RPG groups that it was free on Kindle. And I was like, oh, I've been interested in this one. I'll go ahead and snag it. And I started, I sat down and started reading it. I really enjoyed it. And then I never actually got to finish it. And so I ended up getting it on Audible like a few months ago. I think back in uh, maybe September, September, or August, roughly. And I had listened to it and I was like, oh, yeah, this is this is really good. I forgot how slow it was at the beginning, but I remember like wanting to just stick through it. And once he actually gets to deal with his abilities and, you know, his actual like character statue, I really enjoyed it. it. It was a very like interesting time. Um, wasn't expecting all of the like lore in the world like because usually with a series the war is more spread out like you learn bits and pieces not a lot all at once it's like kind of just dabbled in so that was that was new to me and i actually really enjoyed that because i'm always curious about like you know what the history of this world is and what makes it unique so when it comes to lore sorry you mind if i yeah go, no go ahead go ahead, go ahead. come on in when it comes to lore uh, there are kind of two gamers, two types of gamers when it comes to lore-rich RPG world, right? There's the type that stops and reads every single book in every single, um, you know, house, and they, they take all the cheese wheels, they steal everything, and then they read everything, right? While they're, they're grinding skills the entire time running around doing that. So there's, there's that, those people, and there are people that sprint through the game and just want to focus on mechanics, just want to get uh, become powerful, just want to get through the mainline story. And neither one of those is a wrong play style, right? But I was thinking, okay, this character, Daniel in particular, 
he he's definitely more the first type. He's the type that would take his time, ask questions, listen. And so I kind of wanted to write a character that was like that. Because most lit RPGs, as you mentioned, most lit RPGs are more based on the second group, uh, the second type of gamer. Mm-hmm. Right, the one that wants mm-hmm. to grind skills really fast and get powerful really quickly. And um, I wanted Daniel to be a character that realized that this was not Rayad. He becomes Rayad in the story. Um, this is not a game. Right, that was the kind of thing I was trying to go for, but you're right. I think, I mean, it's my first novel that I've written and published. I think I maybe did a little bit too much world building. In the no, first and they, like, uh, like I said, there's nothing wrong with world building because we love <coughs> we love world building. World building is, you know, what definitely gives light to the whole background of the setting. Yeah. And we're and all for especially that. like lit RPGs in general. Uh, they always kind of have a, a slow startup because you have to introduce the character and introduce the world that they're going to be in and like slowly build up, like kill 50 rabbits and like, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we're kind of used to that here, but. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's always, <laughs> it's always a struggle for me at first because it's like, oh, I just got through a series that has like, you know, eight books i just or i just finished uh reading or ca- catching up with um what is it the beginning after the end by turtle me not a lit rpg but definitely a like game like cultivation type book yeah so like i'm at it i'm at the point where arthur is like overpowered he is um. like god mode and then getting back to like you know the start <coughs> and getting back to level one, you know, has the basic abilities. It's like, oh, it's starting a new game over again where I like my other games where I could just start new game plus. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's it's awesome, like with how the world building set into play and just kind of learning the different mechanics because every lit RPG has a different take on the mechanics and the stat sheet yeah, and sure. all that stuff. And I can definitely say yours is very unique. So I'm. That's... I, yeah, it's it's difficult for 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 particularly in lit RPG to strike the balance between familiar, uh, and accessible, yet also unique and interesting, right? Like those are that's a difficult balance because honestly, there's there are particularly now, market uh, in lit RPG is very flooded. There are a lot of authors, uh, a lot of readers who've become authors, and there's nothing wrong with that. I fully support my fellow authors. But um, it does make it a little difficult to strike that balance because you want something unique, you want some unique flavor, but also sometimes you have um, y- you have accessibility issues and you want to make sure that people can understand what you're talking about. <laughs> and so I, that's that's good. I, I was trying to strike that balance, and that it's good to hear that it came across that way. It, it really did. Um, Joel, do you have um, any last-minute thoughts before we dive um, into learning a little bit about Aaron? Yeah, one thing that I really wanted to talk about was the naming scheme that you uh, came up with with your characters. Um, So, like, a lot of the, like, names have, like, heavy concentration on, like, the first, like, half of it. There's, like, or at least an audiobook, that's kind of how it came across. There's, like, Raid or... uh, uh, Elsa or Tolgoth or Tolgoth 
I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing well, yeah. that correctly. But uh, yeah, and then we get to the elves, and it's just like, yeah, this kid's name's Tim. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's Timoth. Am I correct on that? Like it's, it's a like whole... Timoth L or something like that. Well, because yeah. they go they go by like the very first of like part of their name, and then like they have like a long. Uh... Well. Also, uh, part remember... of it's for the lols. So I'm not gonna lie. So part of it's a little bit for the lols. <laughs> I was gonna say, remember Joel uh, that he tries to address some of them by like a shortened version of their name or just like by their first name, and like one of the female elves gets all yeah, blushy yeah. and stuff, and she's like, "Ooh, um, I don't, I don't <laughs> like that." And it's like, "What do you mean?" And then Elsa was like, "Oh yeah, by the way, that is uh, between." two partners so if you do that it's supposed to be in a very romantic way and it's like oh crap <laughs> yeah. yeah uh there are little things like that that um i've like i've tried to make um easter eggs like tim or whatever and then it's like there are world building explanations for that right so that's really uh, if you find little easter eggs like that there's there's that there's, I probably have come up with an explanation for it, uh, <laughs> and it will probably be somewhere in the story. <laughs> uh, one last minute thing I, I want to point out, like it's something that's really um, minor, but I loved every second or every one of them just because it's something I I don't know why. I just it's always been a thing. <laughs> uh, but at the beginning of each chapter, how you have a quote from like C.S. Lewis or J.R. or Token. Mm -hmm. And like every time I heard one, I was like, all right, do I know this quote? Do, do, do I know this quote? And then I hear it. I'm like, yes, I know this one. <laughs> so I just want to say that's one thing I really, uh, really liked. I know something super minor, something really not heavy impact yeah, so on the it's, story, but it's I, I just loved it. It's definitely an old school fantasy kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, either quotes from like a book in in the series itself in world or quotes from outside. Um, I think I quote Adolf Hitler at one point right next to Mother Teresa. Um, things like that, right? And really, the whole point of those quotes is um, really the, they're meant to be palate cleansers for mm -hmm. the next, uh, like to set the mood, essentially. That's, that's for the what next... I was thinking. Like, I was like, every time there was, like, the quote was C.S. Lewis, so like, it was come, something kind of uplifting, and it was just like a very uplifting yeah. chapter. So that was. There's a Brandon Sanderson <clears throat> one, I think. Oh, yeah. I have Definitely. a Brandon Sanderson. I think a quote J.R.R. Tolkien. You do. I, and C.S. Yeah. Lewis. Um, oh, which for C.S. Lewis, or not C.S. Lewis, J.R.R. Tolkien. I can't remember the actual character you were quoting. And I was like, that's that's a quote I like. I remember that one because I've read Lord of the Rings way too many times. Way too yeah, many times. It's, uh, I quote I quote the, the, the quote about um, the winter, I think. Or is that in the second book? I think it's the second book. That one I think is the second book. I actually have okay. the um, the book right here. I'm just gonna flip through each chapter really quickly. Uh, Joel, ask. Uh, go ahead and ask Aaron a question. <laughs> uh, how'd you get into lit RPG? How'd you become an author? Yeah, so um, I've I've kind of always been a writer. Um, I actually went to school, I, and I earned a minor in creative writing. Uh, I didn't actually get awarded the minor because some school shenanigans, but um, I ended. I actually took all the classes, got all the grades and everything, for a creative writing minor at UVU. Um, as part while I was going there for my bachelor's in political science and uh, and history, 
and uh, so I, I learned kind of classically a little bit from, from professors. I learned, um, you know, how to write, how to... The, I, essentially, I learned through kind of the traditional method to some degree. I mean, I don't have an MFA or anything like that, but um, I, I have a little bit of that, essentially. And then the rest of it's just been grinding. I've written the equivalent of probably 12, 13 novels. Um, and I've only published four, four novels and two, uh, two novellas, one, yeah, two novellas. And then I have two, the two charity anthologies. Speaking of which, would you mind if I plug a charity anthology? I just, just published. All right. So, uh, I just published a charity anthology. Let me pull up the info for it real quick. Um, Sorry, just a moment. <clears throat> it's part of our Lit RPG Gives Back group. Uh, just a group of authors, friends generally. Uh, we've done two of these. This is the second one. This one's called My Voice Has Power. Um, it's, it has a bunch. It's not just Lit RPG, but it has... Uh, that's his main focus, Lit RPG and Game Lit. Um, for instance, I... But we also accept other, other, t- other genres. For instance, I published a superhero short that I wrote in this. Um, um, but yeah, My Voice Has Power, a Lit RPG Gives Back anthology available on Amazon. Um, it's great, and please buy. <laughs> it goes to support a local domestic violence shelter um, here in Utah that is rural. And um, with COVID and everything, rural um, nonprofits like the one here locally have been... Uh, really hurt and they are basically in desperate need <laughs> as a uh, state funding has been cut federal funding has been cut and so honestly any, any amount of money we can earn for them is a huge boon to them so i just picked it up oh cool <laughs> yeah um so yeah that's my plug thank you for letting me plug You're um welcome. what was the question again oh how did i get into lit rpg so i i was uh, working as a data entry clerk, um, just putting in data, uh, reeking estimates for Estify, uh, a non, uh, uh, a small tech company here in uh, Utah, and <clears throat> I needed something to listen to while I worked because uh, it was pretty mindless work. I was able to do the job and. My mind could do other things, right? So I wanted to listen to audiobooks. I, I, I got an audio, Audible subscription, and I started listening to The Land. Um, I probably burned through six or seven uh, books uh, a month, and I burned through The Land, all of it, in about a week. <laughs> I was kind of a mega fan at the beginning. Um, and then I caught up to the series, and then I started looking around. I found, uh, I found Mountain Dell Press's stuff, um, Divine Dungeon series, all that, and I just really started deep diving, and I kind of got addicted to Little RPG there for a little while. <laughs> um, and then I read a couple of novels in a row that kind of frustrated me. I was like, "Dang it! I don't think this is the way the characters would would act, and I don't I don't like the quality of writing um, in some of these some of these novels, uh, or I don't like the character choices in some of these novels." And it wasn't necessarily bad. It wasn't poor quality or anything. It's just not what I would have done as a character, not what I uh, 
I, th I thought would have happened in that situation. Uh, and so I was like, well, I have extra time. I, am all, I know how to write. Why not just do this? And I can learn how to do, um, I can learn how to self-publish and learn how to get into the indie scene. And maybe I, eventually that'll lead to something bigger. And that's um, where at 3 has started. Okay. Uh, so I did my first semester at BYU, um, BYU's master, my master's program at BYU, uh, an MPA, Master of Public Administration. And then, um, I'm sorry, my first two semesters. And I was recovering from that because the first year in any graduate program is extremely intense. And I actually, um, that along with um, uh, the fact that I was hospitalized, I think I told you that a little bit before the, the yeah. show started, I was hospitalized at the beginning of that, uh, beginning of that, that master's program. Um, and so that actually gave me a, uh, it kind of slowed me down on finding an internship. So uh, halfway through, because during your summer break between year one and two, you're supposed to have an internship working with a, a nonprofit or government uh, so that you can get it right, right into a job. So I, because of the health issues and me trying to get caught back up and stuff, I was slow uh, to get into an internship. So while I was looking around, I had about a month or two um, where I just had free time. I, had, I was living off my savings, just waiting for uh, one of my applications to come back. And I was like, well, I have time to write something. Why don't I write it? And I wrote F301 in a, in a month. I wrote uh, 200 and, is it 209,000 words, something like that, oh in a single month. And uh, it was intense. <laughs> I, I wrote from sunup to sundown, and um, I think I was a little insane, to be honest. <laughs> I was dealing with lots of stress, and it was me just getting the stress onto the page. And that first draft was absolutely horrendous. Um, so over that summer, while I was at my internship, I refined it, refined it, refined it, worked on it, edited the crap out of that thing. Uh, did everything I could to get that thing quality. Um, and then we published just as I got back uh, and just as school started again. So that's kind of the story of how the 301 happened. Um, hope that answers the questions. <laughs> it does. Um, and I mean, you said what, it was 291,000 words? Or two hundred nine thousand. Two hundred nine thousand, something like that. I was gonna say, in the audiobook, <clears throat> clocks in right at nineteen hours. Yeah. And when I saw that at first, I was like, "Wow, that's a lot longer than I was expecting." Which I want to say, also love the artwork for the cover. It sets the tone, kind of, because mm -hmm. I mean, the cover is very unique. But I did find the quote. It is for chapter nine, work of a wizard. And the quote is, it is said, do not meddle in the affairs of wizards, for they are subtle and quick to anger. Gillard, or Gildor, Lord of the Rings, J.R.L. Token, which does yeah. set the total, or the total tone for that uh, <coughs> chapter, because that's the chapter where he's kind of learning his magic abilities and stuff like that. But also, I do want to point out really quickly, because I am a Shakespeare nut, the very first quote in the book is from Macbeth, and it is stars hide your fires. Let not see my black and deep desires. William Shakespeare, Macbeth, Macbeth, which I, I, I love that play. We did that play. Uh, or well, the 
other high school that was our rivals performed that play my it was either my junior year or my senior year of high school and they killed it so you know shout out to north high school in columbus indiana because you guys killed it that year <laughs> so honestly i i wish i love Macbeth by the way it's one of my favorite plays of all time Great um i the or the scottish play we should say um uh i wish somebody could modernize it um but every single attempt to modernize that play bring it into the modern day has fallen flat on its face in my opinion see they, they've not done well you, you, um, either that or, they, or they've kept the old english you know which is the problem that's the old english makes it not easily I, accessible i don't think it is I, I don't think it's the problem. I think it's just trying to okay. find a great setting for it, like in a modern day, because oh, the play yeah. is so unique to it that it's so hard. I can and see I, that being a problem, too. And I, I'm a Shakespeare nut. I took, what, two and a half years of Shakespeare in high school? And, yeah. And when we studied this play, and I mean, I even talked about it in the very next year, the uh, theatrical release with uh, Michael Fassbringer, came out which also haven't seen that one it's great it's fantastic <laughs> but in my shakespeare class with miss rungi we talked about like you know the modernizations of like trying to bring certain shakespeare plays into modern day uh if we look at mm-hmm. um you know Romeo romeo juliet with uh leo dicaprio it's good could have been a lot better or if you look yeah. at hamlet with ethan hawk that one's very modern day and like, I mean, it takes place in a city and I'm like, ah, it's a good, it's, it's good. The performances are really good, but there's so much more to be done. So I think it is very hard to modernize a Shakespeare play. Oh, absolutely. That's, that's kind game. of the point I was trying to get to. Is it yeah. the, the uh, per, this is just me personally. I think the language is a big barrier because uh, having never seen the play before, having, I read the play first before mm-hmm. I saw it uh, performed. I had to have a freaking dictionary and I have a very good vocabulary <laughs> and I had to have a freaking dictionary uh, and refer to it probably every two or three lines to figure out what the heck was going on the first time I read through it. Um, I'm, I'm turning around to look at my bookshelf right now and I see much to do about nothing. <laughs> Hamlet, Macbeth, Romeo and Juliet and three copies of, um, the complete works of William Shakespeare from different time periods yeah. and my favorite comedy of all time. And that is a Midsummer Night's Dream because that play is fantastic. But I think that and also the setting, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. absolutely our problem are definitely barriers to entry. Yeah. And uh, to modernizing it, modernizing any of the plays, but particularly because the story of Macbeth can only take place really given certain political and social considerations and with certain political and social institutions in place. Um, there, the most successful attempts I've seen have been science fiction versions where it's like, uh, there's a galactic empire and, you know, th- those types of, um, attempts. Dune was actually to some degree, a little bit based on the Macbeth, um, some of the, some of the political intrigue in Macbeth. I think is is uh, Dune. Dune is somewhat based on. Um, I, I still haven't seen uh, the new version of Dune yet, and I know. Uh, I'm talking brother. about the books, man. Oh. I mean, there's a lot that goes into that book. Oh, I've I've read the first book, but it's been a <clears throat> so while. It's, it's it's so dense. It's been a while, 
But there's it's our like little. You, you, you can cover you can cover like fifteen hundred or like fifteen thousand years of history in half a page. It's so information dense. Sorry, I just I, no. I love it, but no, it's, no, you're it's a... good. You're good. We <laughs> get we get off to topic on the show, and that's what makes it so much fun because we just like to have a friendly conversation <laughs> about you know like and if we can somehow relate it all back to lit RPG because lit RPG is where it's at for us. So. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, we asked, you know, like what got you into writing and we've covered that topic. What was the inspiration for uh, some of the characters? So um, I was kind of going for the typical, you know, you want uh, party uh, structure, right? Mm -hmm. You have your support magic specialist. You have your um, barbarian frontline. You have your... Um, I guess that actually doesn't happen until book three, so I'm, I, I don't want to give things away. Mm -hmm. um, Joel, do do we want to allow the spoiler? Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm voting okay. yes. Let's about let's allow the spoiler. Go ahead. What's what's coming in for us in book okay, three? Okay, so you, you end up having like a druid on your team. You end up having um, a bunch of different a bunch of different things on your team, and it's it's a, it's based off of a, a typical D and D party. Um, that's kind of what I was going for. I was also trying to take all of the, the different tropes and kind of turn them on their head a little bit, right? So the barbarian isn't just some big meathead meat stick. He's actually an honorable warrior. He's more akin to a knight than he is a barbarian, um, right? Tolgeth is this big brute of a man, but he, he also comports himself with utter honor, and he cares about the people around him. He's not some... He's not just um, a giant meat stick. <laughs> and like when we he when we that. first meet him, um, like one of our first interactions with him, he's mm -hmm. looking for, you know, missing kids in yep. the city, which I'm like, that kind of sets the character different from like, you know, these other big brutes we've met in other what RPGs. Um, mm -hmm. The big brute that always comes to mind. <laughs> Joel, you're going to love me because we're praising Augustus over here. My boy Miller <laughs> in the Charles Dean's books, War Eternus, which was our second episode, second or third episode on. Oh, Charles is awesome. We love Charles love Dean guy. here. We we absolutely adore Charles Dean. And I it's a goal to try to get him on the show at some point. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, if you can if you can get him. Yeah, he's he's an awesome dude. Um. Yeah, so that was for Tolgeth. Um, Elsa, for instance, I was going for a mix of like the annoying fairy guide, but also like person who um, like a little bit of Gandalf, right? A little bit of a little bit of Gandalf, a little bit of an annoying fairy guide, a little bit of uh, goth girl. Right? You kind of just throw these elements together and you create an interesting character. Um, let's see who else. Um, let's, let's go to let's go to Daniel slash Raid okay. for the main character. What, what was yeah. the inspiration for him? So he's partially based on me, partially based on a off of a friend of mine named Daniel, and uh, partially based on kind of just a few uh, character choice or a few um, characteristics that I thought that a hero needed. Um, he's brave, but he's also a little. He also is too much in his head. Okay. Right. He is um, he's thoughtful, but also at times he can be utterly compulsive, impulsive. <laughs> so it just depends. Um, for instance, his thoughtfulness when he's calm, when he's not being rushed, he's a lot like a friend of mine, um, my friend. 
And when he's being impulsive, when he feels like he's uh, pushed against the wall, when he ends up lighting a lot of stuff on fire, <laughs> it's typically <laughs> more when his personality leans a little bit more in my direction. Uh, that kind of frantic, like, oh, crap, things are going to kill me, burn everything down. <laughs> kind of a deal. That's where I was relating a, bit, a little bit. I was like, all right, let's just throw a fireball in there and see what happens. You know what? That thing is undead and it is trying to eat people. I'm just going to light it on fire. (laughs) No screwing around. All right. And we have uh, we have a couple of comments in the chat section, which is uh, kind of a first for us. But uh, Zeckler WGD, which shout out to Zeckler, he says, I haven't heard of Ethria, but I'm sold now. I'll put it on my list. And then uh, Astria Strikes. Ethria is awesome. All the characters are really well developed, and they're they're Ooh, absolutely right. Thank you for the love. <laughs> we always we always love to get you know people in the chat that just like you know like to talk with RPG with us and everything because this is the whole point of the show. And I feel bad because like we're when we just say like lit RPG because we are stats on stats a lit RPG podcast, we're leaving out the game lit and stuff like that, which we need to change that because game lit's also fantastic fantasy cultivation we love it all here we do <laughs> which uh um, so, go ahead sorry, Dungeon go ahead. Core. <clears throat> oh, i was just gonna mention um so there's actually a couple of parts that that got me a little bit in hot water with some people which i okay. think is kind of interesting um they're right near the beginning of the of the story the, the main character this is him getting uh, an example of him just kind of getting in his head when he's not in immediate danger right he starts thinking about like historic facts and things like that and um, he starts talking about uh, kind of f- some fake events that happen. And I've, I got a little bit of hot water when I mentioned um, a fake event uh, that just mentioning, um, and I, I don't mean to get political at all on here, but just <laughs> mentioning abortion, because um, ah. abortion riots happen. Like he mentions that happening in the book at one point. And I don't mention either way which direction, like where he stands what he believes anything like that right. just says personal rights happened it was because people weren't being nice to each other <laughs> and i got so much crap for that <laughs> i feel like i think i got like six or seven negative reviews just from that well and don't get me started on the negative reviews because like some of them i read i was like did you even read the book like did, did oh, no, you? most of them didn't um but well, I think there's always it doesn't matter which author it is. It doesn't matter, you know, what series it is. There's always going to be one topic that's not going to, you know, fly with someone like there's some. There's going to be a scene in anything you read. Mm -hmm. Um, For instance, I just finished reading um, Cradle series. I absolutely love it. We're actually getting ready to start through that. I just. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's one of the best series out there. And I don't want to give any spoilers, but. There was a scene in this last book that kind of made me a little bit disappointed. I was like, oh, was, I hope I wished it was this other thing. And it kind of made me a little sad. But it was also awesome. It just wasn't the awesome I was expecting, which is fine, right? Um, and that's kind of the, the point, I guess, is like there's always in every book you read, no matter how awesome it is, there's going to be something that you just don't connect with, that you just don't, Well, you know. the uh, since we, you know, already brought up uh, Dr. Kong and everything um in the land there's there's two characters 
And one chapter I almost want to skip every time I do a re-listen because Joel and I tend to do a re-listen right before the launch of the next book. Mm -hmm. There's two chapters I want to skip. One I can actually listen to, even though it's it, it's it's painful to listen to. And that's in book three. You probably know which chapter I'm talking about. Uh, which one? Uh, Assassin. Rusty, uh, rusty knife. Oh, that one. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Shivers. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and the second one is the uh, very it's long good chapter. good story decision. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the other one is the uh, chapter in book seven with um, the other C. Crazy person. Yeah. Where we learn the truth uh, about a certain character and he gives his whole backstory on what he did on Earth and everything. Oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah um, that chapter. Yeah, that one. That one. <laughs> That's See, the one chapter I want to skip every time. And my buddy Devin just finished listen, uh, listening to that book. And he was like, dude. I actually really enjoyed that chapter. I know it's weird, but I did because well, the, like, the the suspense and the tension. In no, that that's chapter. what like oh. that's where the really good writing comes in. But it just makes me <laughs> so uncomfortable just to listen to it. I'm like, oh, good story oh, yeah. decision, though, on on his part mm -hmm. though because when he wants you to hate a character you hate that character yeah when 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 you want a bad guy to be bad there are certain things that an evil person that only an evil person would do and i think authors in general try and shy away from that mm -hmm. because they're a little cliche right yeah. um and because some people take it the wrong way um but there are just certain things that we as human beings, we think are truly evil. Yeah. Messing with kids and forcing yourself on other people are two of those things. And abuse. Don't mess with kids. <laughs> exactly. And uh, those are, even in Ethria, which is, I'd say, a PG-13 rated series. Um, yeah. I think it's fair. Um I would say pushing the boundaries I, between PG and PG 13. That's from my, like my take on it. Like they're like, uh, I, yeah. And I'm, I'm looking more at the series. Cause in book two, there, there gets to be some sad backstories and things. I don't, yeah, you'll find out. Um, <laughs> you get to it. It gets a little darker at times. Um, and definitely in book three, there's some more darkness that happens. Um, but, um, it's definitely like, whole point of bringing it up was um sorry there apparently there's like an ad or yeah there there's gonna be ads on the show but it doesn't cut out oh. the actual recording or anything like that so we'll be we'll be good there yeah so you, you can continue like it's just like a kind of like a random commercial break all right go ahead <laughs> um so even in ethria right there are scenes that i as the writer don't want to reread <laughs> like, there, okay. are, there are things that i've i've had to do that are like, oh, I did not like that topic. I did not like what I had to do to that character. Nope. Oh, <laughs> go no. back to that one. Once it's written, it's written, and we're moving on. <laughs> we'll rewrite it in the in the re-edits, but that's it. <laughs> and so I, I think any story, you're going to get some, at least a couple of scenes like that in a, in a longer series. 
Okay. Yeah. And I mean, that's always going to be, you know, like, it doesn't matter really the book or anything like that. There's always going to be, you know, some, some scenes like that. Like, I mean, there's even scenes in the Lord of the Rings, one of my favorite books of all time that I don't like to read the spider scenes. For example, I don't do spiders very well. And I'm still mad at Joel for having me listen to the world (laughs) seed and not giving me the heads up. Yeah. (laughs) You suck. (laughs) Um, That's funny. I will say, though, uh, for uh, his fairy guide, I got like, I'm glad you said Gandalf because I actually got like Gladriel vibes from her. I was like, yeah, she's, she's she's just like a little, you know, super powerful sorceress. I like her. <laughs> yeah, she, and she has her uh, her weaknesses, too. I think you start seeing that a little bit in book one, in book two and book three. You see them more. OK. Um, uh, but yeah, she, she's definitely compared to. Rayed in book one. She's like all powerful goddess <laughs> compared to him. She, she's that. a little badass. I'm not gonna lie. She she's pretty yeah, awesome. She's pretty awesome. She's uh, one of one of my favorite characters to have written. Uh, and I will say, uh, Christian, who's the the uh, Shout out the narrator. Christian. He's great. He's oh, yeah. so good. He brought these characters to life. And there's actually been some things he's done, like the bell scene mm-hmm. uh, with the bell. Yeah, that was that threw me off. Hilarious. That threw me off because I wasn't like I was listening to that part at work this morning and I wasn't expecting to hear the the ding. ding. I was just like, oh, oh, God. okay." I didn't realize we were getting a bell in this scene. And then the um, the marching with the soldiers where they were doing like the Marine calls. Oh, 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 I I was having flashbacks because my um, my brother uh, joined the Marines and he was doing like his uh, PT and stuff when I was a mm. freshman and he was a senior in high school. And so on our way to school, cause I would ride with him in the Jeep, he had a CD with just Marine chants on it. And it was just like the different, like, I don't know what I've been told, like that whole thing. Yeah. And like, we'd listen to it in my Jeep from my house to the high school, which I mean, Joel knows how far that, that drive was. It is a very short drive especially if I'm driving. <laughs> but, oh, boy, that drive felt forever. <laughs> so uh, I actually... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Joel. No, that's something I wanted to discuss is, like, one thing I really love is whenever authors put, like, songs uh, and mention songs in their books, I will literally pause the audiobook, go to YouTube, listen to that song just to put me in the mood, and you do that quite a few times in this book and uh, with like Johnny Cash songs mm-hmm. and like, uh, like Richie said, the Marine Corps chant. So I really love that, to be honest. That, that was that was a very that was a big positive. Like it's the minor things that we love here. Like there's the big, I, big moments and then there's the minor things. And I, I love that, too. It's one reason why it's in there. <laughs> Um, I've always wanted there to be like, hey, why is there not like a campfire uh, scene or something? Why, why are they just chilling around a camp campfire talking about how doomed they are? In like that, there's always that scene in every book. And instead, why doesn't somebody? It's like, hey, I want to cheer everyone up. Let's sing a campfire song. Or, you know, we're marching on this boring mission. Let's sing a marching song, right? And so it's. I've always thought like. Why isn't there more of that? And I actually got the idea from, uh, have you ever read the Spellmonger series? I started it. Um, 
the I I have this thing where I go <laughs> I get a little um it takes me a bit to get used through. to the narrator. And yeah. I was like, I'm trying like I only read the first book and it was a little bit of a struggle just because I wasn't used to the narrator. Like it just takes me time. But I'm better about that now. When I started listening to audiobooks, I was bad about it because Joel would yell at me. And I mentioned this on <laughs> every episode. But oh my God. Like even like Neil Helligers or Travis Baldry, like who we just had on last episode, it took me forever to get used to both of them because I was so drawn to Nick Podell. I was like, it's Nick Podell. And then, <coughs> but it's Nick Podell. Another <laughs> Travis guy, last episode said nice. he has a short idea that said that just says Nick wasn't available. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so I got the idea from him because there was a chapter. I was, I was listening to his audiobooks. There was a chapter in his audiobooks who talked about, it's like, well, um, his main character is very snarky and the, the series is all written in first person and his character basically like the main character Mindelin, essentially went on this rant for like three pages about how marching is so freaking boring and that the only thing that breaks the boredom is singing songs, telling jokes. Um, even if you can't sing worth a damn, you're going to, you're going to sing on a march Oh yeah, because otherwise you'll go and sing. Right, there's only so much, so many birds, so many trees you can look at and think, oh, pretty, before you go insane. <laughs> so I, I got the idea from him, and I actually ran with it. I, I went and talked to a couple of, of uh, retired Marine buddies of mine, including uh, Sean Oswald. He, the, yeah, uh, the Life in Exile series, yep. The Watcher's Test uh, so and all that stuff. Yeah, he's a friend of mine. He actually is like, oh, here's a couple of marching songs you can listen to. And I listened to a few of them. I found ones that were in public domain. And I was like, these are awesome. And I adapted them to Ethria. Right on. That's, I didn't know you knew Sean. That's, that's really cool. We, uh, Joel and I stand uh, Sean on here because we love the Watchers series because it's just really good. I need to get the newest book because I, I, I know I haven't. I, I, I listened to them on audio and I kind of feel bad because it, I've been waiting forever for the last one to drop and it dropped. And then I was like, well, COVID hit. And now I have to pause my audible subscription for a couple months because of financial stuff. And I'm waiting, waiting to, for it to turn back on so that I can get that one. That's, that's what I do. Like, I'm like, I always have that one credit and I'm like, do I save it or do I splurge it? Cause I'm, <laughs> I always have like, and it sounds just really stupid cause it's not coming for a little bit. Like I always have that one credit saved for uh, the next series or the next book in the land, either God's Eye or Book Nine. We're just I always have that one credit. I'm like, or even uh, Fire Souls Apocalypse Book Two to drop on Audible uh, by James C. Callum because that one's really good. But I'm just like, you know, what? I'm just gonna start downloading all these on Kindle to read through. Which I think we lost Joel. Joel, can you hear us? He's going through some headset trouble. I have no idea what he's doing. No worries. We'll just... You can still hear him, though. Yeah, we still hear him. So... <coughs> okay, sorry about that. Yeah, what, what are you doing? I just look over halfway through. My here. sound cut off for some reason, so oh, oh. I had to try out some other headphones. It, yeah, I got to fix, so we're good. We got you. So, um, yeah, that was that was a, just a little fun conversation there. That was that was just like cool and learning, like you know, like what inspired like certain scenes. Um, I do actually have one more question before we you okay. know, get into like any last minute topics. His power where he's able to do like 
the like taking over the demon or like his possession power. Oh, where he summons a fire spirit and then possesses the fire. Yes. Spirit. Yeah. What like what drove you to be like, I want my character to do that. <laughs> um, oh, what's what's the game called? It's a really old game that inspired the dungeon core series and, and the dungeon core genre. Uh, dungeon Keeper. Oh. Uh, so you can you can possess your minions. And I love the idea of uh, being able to summon something and then possess it. Uh, but if you don't have the right will, it will just run off and do its own thing. Um, <clears throat> or you'll, you'll basically just be along for the ride, essentially. Which is kind of what we see in that, that first time he did, he tried that. Um, I, I just really love that idea. And I love minion minion mancing, where you have tons of minions and you can send them out to do your bidding. Every character I make in Diablo. That's, <laughs> yeah, pretty that's much. me. <laughs> Excuse me. So yeah, that that's was... really what what uh, what um, inspired that whole mechanic. Okay, I was just gonna say, I, I between that ability and his flame jet, those are like I was like, those are just me abilities. Like if I was a caster, those are the abilities I want. Just what, burn everything to the ground. <laughs> well, every time I play Dark Souls, I always choose a pyromancer, and I end up you know getting lightning spells more <laughs> with my faith. But I'm like, yeah, I like my fireballs, like to start with because. It always says, you know, like a magic missile is just a deer, whoever, or deer reader. Yeah. Where a fireball is targeted to the, for those who have concerns. <laughs> so, yeah, it goes um, to uh, addressed to recipient to whom it may concern, deer grid square. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, okay, we're going to delete that person. We're going to delete that squad of people. And we're going to delete that, like that entire section of army. <laughs> I, I feel like it's more, we're going to delete that person. Eh, let's delete that squad. You see that town over there? Nuke it. <laughs> oh yeah, pretty much. And that, that's why I actually have the tier system in okay. the, in the story is because I, uh, <clears throat> pardon me. Uh, cause I wanted to represent that, uh, uh, in numbers. Uh, so it's like, okay, tier one is basically like a magic missile, you know, tier two is, hey, a fireball, right? You're, you're probably going to die if you hit by this. Tier three is artillery. You're, there's going to be a giant, like, yeah, where your house no longer exists, right? Um, and probably the next couple of streets around it, <laughs> probably gone, uh, or at least damaged. And then, like, tier four is basically, hey, you know that mountain? That mountain got cut in half. <laughs> and then tier five is, yeah, nukes at that point. We were starting to look at nukes. So, so um, that's what inspired that. <laughs> Astro Strikes in the chat uh, has a question for you. Uh, what's on the horizon? Have you thought about doing sci fi or cultivation? Yes, uh, I've actually started uh, projects for both, but they're both on the back burner. Um, what's next? I actually, I'm taking a short break from Ethria. I have two more books, two to three more books in the Ethria series. Okay. Um, in the mainline series, and then I have a um, a Dungeon Delver kind of YA series I want to write. Uh, it's kind of an offshoot for Ethria. Um, but that that will be that's kind of a future vague thing. I haven't really started anything on it yet. 
Um, and then once Ethria, so right now, the reason I'm taking a little short break from Ethria is I'm actually writing a series I'm calling Age of Doom, Ooh. Uh, which is for Aethon. Aethon's going to be publishing it. Uh, I originally wrote the first kind of rough draft version of that uh, and published it independently, but then it, it kind of flopped because I, in, I found out found out the hard way that there are people out there who like to scam uh, indie authors. And okay. so I hired a, an editor <clears throat> based on a recommendation, and the editor pretty much scammed me out of money. Um, I thought, hey, you know, my script looks great. It's going to look awesome. It's going to be great. I put it up, and I didn't, of course, I just accepted all their changes because I was new. <coughs> put it up, and it bombed. It, people hated it. It was, wasn't even formatted correctly. It was so bad. This person had screwed me seven ways to Sunday, and I didn't realize it until several months later when I actually, because I was so frustrated with it, um, I actually opened it up and basically purchased my own book uh, and did a deep dive on kind of what was going on with the formatting and everything. And um, yeah, so if you're looking at becoming an indie author, uh, get recommendations and then do always, always, always make sure you know what type of edit you want from that person and then uh, get a, have a contract with that person. And then have, um, before you do any paid work, before you hand them the money, um, you pay half before and then half after when you got, got an actual good, uh, good product in hand when you're doing it the first time. And you always do a sample edit first so you know what you're dealing with. Okay. I did none of that. <laughs> I, got, I got screwed over. Um, so that book totally bombed and it was ripped to shreds. It was such a bad... It was so bad. Um, so it got, uh, I pulled it down and rewrote, pretty much rewrote the entire dang thing. And uh, it is so much better now. And Athon has it. And I'm actually working on the sequel for that now. Okay. And then I'll have probably the third book in that series finished by February is my hope. Um, and at that point, I'll work on Ethereum 4. I, I have it, I'm kind of working on Ethereum 4 right now. I have a little bit of that done, a few thousand words written. But my focus is Age of Doom. Once I have that trilogy done and out, I'll run back to Ethria and we'll we'll finish we'll finish uh, our adventures in Ethria. Okay. Which you know, shout out to Athon because Athon puts out a lot of good books, including oh yeah the pre mentioned uh, Watchers Test series because it's so good. Oh, yeah. Um, they, they pretty much heard me heard my frustrations when I reached out they're like, Oh yeah, let's take a look. They saw what had happened and they're like, dude, let's fix this. This is too good of a, too good of a setting, too good of a story, not to, not to fix and not to get this out correctly. And they were willing to work with me. So, well, that's, that's and it's also... all tied of the pandemic when I had like no money to fix the problem that this guy scammed me out of my money. So they, they're basically my guardian angels. I friggin' love Athon. Well, <laughs> that's, that's good to know. Cause uh, I'm in the process of, you know, writing i was talking a little bit about it with travis uh, last week where i don't know if joel and i talked about it on the actual show with him or not i can't remember because we had a little you know mini conversation afterwards and i don't know if i want to try publishing this or not but like I, I i might i i don't know 
Um, Joel's helping me with the mechanics right now because he's better at the mechanics than I am. I'm better at the world building and like character development. Well, uh, for you and all the listeners who want to be uh, Lit RPG authors, make sure you join the Lit RPG Authors Guild. Okay. Uh, sorry, that's my family. She's <laughs> that's my niece. It's all good. Anyway, um, uh, make sure you join the Lit RPG Authors Guild on mm-hmm. Facebook. Um, you have to answer all the questions. Make sure that it's not a new account, that kind of thing. But um, there are a lot of really, really successful authors on there that uh, can help lay the groundwork for you. Okay. Help answer any questions, Jeff. That's cool. Um, I'm a moderator over there, so I shout out to my. <laughs> and I think we interacted in the Lit RPG forum group, correct? That's where. I think so. That's where yeah, my post the forum. Was. Yeah. Um, Astra also asked uh, how many books are planned in the Etherius story. How many books are you know planned? And that's going to be five books because you said you're going um, to do about two well, more. Originally, it was going to do. It was as actual. Originally, it was going to be a trilogy, but okay. uh, the world building got away from me, and <laughs> it's just spiraled. And then uh, book two and three were actually meant to be a single book, uh, but they got too big, and I had to cut them in half. Um, and then book three, which is now book four, uh, was meant to be like the middle part of the arc. So I originally, while looking at it now, my original plan would probably be like 12 books, but there's no way I'm writing 12 books. <laughs> so sorry. I'm not you. That's not, not with 200, 250,000 word books. It's not going to happen. Not in, no. um, so I've actually cut it down. It's probably going to be about six. Okay. Uh, back to the original size, maybe five, depending on how well I'm able to get, everything to run we'll see okay and then there will be the ya offshoot it happens at some point gotcha okay probably Uh, after book four joel or actually quick question or not quick question just a quick comment (coughs) uh because you probably can't see the chat but uh zekler also said sorry to uh hear about you getting scammed it's good to see you push through and push on so we're we're also you know happy to hear that as well yeah and to be honest, part of it was my fault because I didn't do any of those things, right? <laughs> I kind of invited it. <laughs> so make sure that you, it's one of the things that I always suggest joining something like the guild. Um, there's no dues or anything. We just call it the guild. It's just others helping others okay. um, because they can help you. They can help you figure out how not to get scammed. <laughs> gotcha. So. All right. Uh, Joel. Do you have any last questions, comments, or concerns before we start doing the wrap-up part of the show? Um, I mean, I don't know. Just as far as, like, mechanics-wise, um, like, how the magic actually affects, like, your emotional state and how there is a, uh, a stat for that, like uh state emotional of mind stability. or something emotional stability that's what it is and yeah uh so that was unique that was cool <laughs> cool i'm glad you enjoyed that um i always thought that it's like and it in 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 stories that have had that it's generally not been like a quantified thing it's, it's more, more like, like willpower or like yeah. something Something kind of vague that wasn't direct, that was kind of only quasi, so like wisdom or something. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. And then another thing is kind of how you like call out uh, is like, like other authors or something. You'll be like, yeah, I don't know why uh, main characters in books don't like tell people like, or they keep like certain issues secret and like when they should be getting advice or something. Yeah, um, so that's actually an issue generally with, like, all YA, all young adult fiction. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that kind of story structure uh, suffers from that. That's because, and it makes sense, you know, it makes sense inside the story. You're dealing with teenagers or people who are younger. But when you're dealing with an adult, like Daniel, like Rayed, um, Raid, uh, yeah, you, you kind he of shouldn't have, have that problem. <laughs> he should know to talk to his friends, right? Like... You should have already learned this lesson. <laughs> As an adult reading these books, you're like, oh, why aren't you actually talking about that? They could help. <laughs> Just like <coughs> in your mind. And uh, yeah, so it was fun to see uh, the character actually recognize that and be like, I'm not going to be that guy. Yeah, that was that was probably one of my funnest scenes to write is when he's sitting there and he's like why would i keep this a secret why did i even have that thought to begin with this is dumb <laughs> he, he talks to his friends and his friends are able to help him so, yeah. i'm just saying i'm probably gonna fail every single emotional stability check <laughs> so i'm glad i don't have that stat because i would fail well there's a difference between um uh, like emotional stability is basically just your emotions not being swayed by the magic, right? And then uh, if you already want to burn stuff down, it's not going to change anything. <laughs> so you, you wouldn't be a good wizard. You'd be a terrible <coughs> but incredibly powerful wizard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the urges that the magic would, would try and push on you wouldn't have any effect because it would... It would I would already be, be wanting to do them. <laughs> it's already the thing that it's you like, want to hey, do. It's like, hey, that guy's brother died. Why don't you go raise him? Try to be nice and bring him back. Okay. Yeah, that, Burns yeah. down his family's house. <laughs> it's like, it's like, hmm. Well, they missed their brother. Maybe they should join him. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. It's good. It's a good thing I'm not in a lit RPG world because I don't think I would be the hero. I honestly think I would be the villain. Not, uh, oh, yeah, I, I would be one of the bad guys. Which is actually kind of one of the themes of the story, right? Is like um, the reason that there are real bad guys in on Ethria, the reason that there are <laughs> like villains, right? Is because if being evil actually led to real power, people would do it. Right. And um, if being good actually led to real power just on its own, people would do it, right? It, they would, it, it becomes a practicality thing rather than, rather than purely uh, a, um, do you call it uh, an ethical issue in our world? It's, you know, your capacity isn't necessarily assigned to your morality, uh, good or evil, right there. It's entirely assigned to your behavior. Um, your, your ability to do stuff is based on your knowledge, 
your actions, and uh, particularly when it comes to magic, and based on your proclivities. Like, are you more part? Are you like willing to burn stuff down? Yes. Uh, just normally, then <laughs> you would probably be. You probably have an easier time using fire magic. Right. But you'd probably also be an absolute menace to society. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't need to be attacked on my own show. Sorry. Damn. No, it's all good. I'm using the general you, not you specifically. Yeah, no, I feel like that was a personal attack. Much love. I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, we, we like to have a fun time here, except except Joel sucks. Like, that's just a hero. Talk about personal attacks. You going to let him do that, Joel? Oh, no, I'll get him back. He'll get, he'll get, oh, yeah, he'll get me back. He'll, he'll get ahead in a series and be like, oh, by the way, this happens. <laughs> oh, spoilers. Okay. Oh, Weaponizing no, Joel, the Joel and I have a good, a good time with that. <laughs> We're like, mm, I wanna, we want to talk about a certain scene, but we can't because, you know, spoiler territory. So, Well, if, if you guys want to have a little spoiler section here at the end, I don't know if... Oh no, not for not for the the main book. Uh, we're, oh, okay. we're talking like for each other. We we do that to each other. Like <laughs> I um, on the last episode, uh, for example, I had to mute him. Oh, for, uh, yeah, and, like, just def- I hadn't like read that part <laughs> of a, um, the beginning after the end. Like I actually yelled at Travis Baldry. I was like, "How dare you make me cry? How <laughs> dare you get me so emotionally upset because this happened?" And then turn it around and make me terrified. Oh, it's so good. It is so good. Like if you. Yeah. Uh, Honestly, anything read by by Baldry is going to be solid, but. Um, hardcore facts. He, hardcore he facts. Picks, he, he picks his the projects he works on very carefully. And that guy is very good at his job. Um, I'd say him and um, Nick Padell are probably him, Nick Padell, like two or three others are uh, top echelon people and christian is kind of right up there with them but definitely he's in that top echelon and he oh, knows what he's doing christian did a mountaindale book i can't remember which one it is um, a murder hobo yes it was murder hobo uh, i i, something I thought it was murder hobo. which we we love something <laughs> full murder hobo because and the second book Dude, is i think he just did soon. another one too yeah, so the I'm second one's coming out soon and i'm very very oh. excited i think he's doing the unbound series Oh, maybe. Let me let me pull him up here real quick. Hold on. I'm gonna I was pull gonna up say, Joel, pull, pull up your audible really projects. quickly because you probably have it right there. Uh, he does a so. Okay, he something full murder hobo. Mm-hmm. Just did land of drunken pharaohs. I've not read that one. Savage ascension by Atlas Kane. That that was I think that's a mix of lit RPG and harem. The Divine oh. Collector series, which is another harem stuff. We, we, we you know, it, it, there's something for everybody, right? Yeah. Um, it's not for me personally, but everybody has their own thing. Uh, and yeah, a lot of other. He does the idol system. That's another things. one that's I love really that good. One. Elemental yeah, summoner. Uh, Elemental summoner. Yeah. He he's got he's got some Talk like really good super titles. Mechanic heavy book idol oh, yeah. system. <laughs> At it is not actually one. idle. <laughs> that whole series is not very. <laughs> no, we sorry. We we love you know giving. Uh, yeah, the arcane or arcana unlocked. That's that's unbound. I think. Uh, okay. That yeah, the first book's unbound, which is very very good. 
No, I'm looking at his like series that I was like, oh yeah, I've read that one. I've read that one. I need to read the uh, Condition Evolution series because that I've heard a lot of good stuff about. Because Kevin Sinclair is also just a, always a win. Yeah. Um, also, one one that I'd suggest having on if you're going to go more uh, like gamelit mm-hmm. uh, or lit RP, very light lit RPG is uh, Nick Cole and Jason Onspach. Uh, they did the Forgotten Ruin series. Joel, have Freaking you listened to the Forgotten mixed. series, or do we have those? Uh, Jason Onspock sounds familiar. I don't know. I like, He's I also know done a couple. Yeah, Onspock also also bleh, has also done some other lit RPG stuff. But together they wrote Hit and Fade. Okay. Uh, Forgotten Ruin, that kind of thing, and they are so good. They're basically more like D and D fan fictions, but they're also we love our D and D fan fictions so. Or like uh, Marines thrown forward in time that's actually more like backwards in time into a magical world. Uh, and it's amazing. Or not Marines. Um, what are they? Uh, Rangers. U.S. Army Rangers. Okay. And they, they're like shooting undead and killing orcs. And it's awesome. That actually it's sounds amazing. really cool. <laughs> it's a freaking boss. Anyway, sorry. That's my Nick Cole shout out. Love Nick Cole. Nick's awesome. <laughs> Zekler said, stop, stop. I can only write down so many books on, a, on this list. And he actually just tweeted. <laughs> oh, I can give you more. I mean, if you want more. Oh, no, we, we'll have a whole plug session for that. Yeah. <laughs> Are we good on I'm, I'm definitely more of a reader, but I am. We're, I love writing, but I'm also a huge avid reader. And I love we're still it. really good on time. And I actually forgot to write down timestamps. So I'm going to need to go back and listen to the episode <laughs> before it goes live on other channels just to get the timestamps because I completely spaced it it's been a week let me tell you oh sorry man (laughs) um so we're gonna go ahead and start wrapping up and it's funny you said like oh if you want authors like that or like to look forward to or reach out to if there's an author you want to see on the show uh listeners please let us know if there's someone you want to see on the show uh tweet at us at stats on stats lit on twitter and say hey try reaching out to this person uh like we'll we'll use an example uh sean oswald people if you want to see sean oswald on the show go go tell him be like hey reach out to these guys we'll we'll talk to him we'll figure out a date and we'll get that set up that's that's why uh, don't bother sean today he's 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 finishing up a novel oh we're we're not gonna bother anyone today (laughs) no i'm not um we're gonna take a little bit of a break uh we we are booked for the rest of the year um I'll make an announcement soon for uh, our last two guests of the year. We're in our final four episodes of the first season of stats on stats. So stats on stats season two will be not just a lit RPG podcast, but also a game lit cultivation dungeon core, everything. It'll be all of this genre of fantasy. (laughs) So earlier before we started the show, Aaron, I, I gave you a question that you were supposed to think on. And that is a question we ask almost every guest we have on. Not every guest, because I'm, I always forget to ask sometimes. Um, <laughs> you are transported into a world of lit RPG. A portal opens into your room, and you are traveling to another dimension. You are presented with a character sheet that lets you choose your race and class. What do you choose? <sighs> Okay, let me choose a system first. So if I were to choose a system, I'd probably go with Dean Henniger's um, Derelict series. Okay. 
I, I, I freaking love that series. It's a great series. I can't wait for book four. Uh, whenever he gets around to it. <laughs> um, I'd want to be a human. Okay. And it, I'm... It's really dumb, but it's because basically I'd be living in a science fiction, uh, futuristic science fiction world, and I'd have the opportunity to potentially become a dungeon core, which would be awesome. Um, live for eternity, build a giant station, and just be awesome and be able to like protect family and heal people and do pretty much do everything I'd ever want to do while being a miniature god in this little station of mine. That's that's what I want. I, I definitely want to be uh, a dungeon core in uh, okay. one of Dean Hineker's worlds. All right. And as always, I mean, I always choose like a dwarf paladin or like an elf necromancer because that's those are just my my forte. And Joel <laughs> does something I can't remember because he something switches edgy. it. Up. <laughs> what? Sorry, I said something edgy. <laughs> now, if I had to you... just go raw uh, lit RPG, sorry. Mm-hmm. If, let me just back no, up just ahead. a second. Let's say I were to go into the land, because honestly, the land right, is rich. Talking. It is an awesome world. It is a great system. I'd want to be a human chaos seed. You have you have way too much freedom, and you have way too much um, going for you. I, there's not really another. Dude, you, it's you just, like a okay. race with a built-in slot machine. Hold yeah. on. Oh, no. All right. So I am going to go up and throw up this big spoiler warning at the very end here uh, for the land. So if you haven't listened, please uh, just pause um, or mute mute us for a minute. If you haven't listened to the land, what are you doing here? Go sure. listen to it. We, we recommend that. <laughs> the, last, the last book's been out about a year. I mean, come on. Yeah. So this is going to be a spoiler for book eight. Which evolution would you try to go for when he goes for his uh, chaos lord? Mm-hmm. Um, because I like the draconic the, one. The draconic one was really cool. That's pretty cool. There was the elementalist one. Um, I can't remember much about it other than because it's been a while since I there listened to it. There was one where but... he was like part of his village. The yeah, Mistlord. Like... He he was the Mistlord. Yeah. He was yeah. He was kind of a miniature dungeon core, running around. He could only like... go what? It was pretty much like what Futon can. He could only go like ten miles. Uh, within the radius of his village or 10 miles out of the radius of his village and then like it'd be transported back you know now that i'm thinking (laughs) about it it reminds me a lot of his other book like that evolution reminds me a lot of like remy's uh, predicament right now yeah Yeah. i think that was kind of intentional yeah uh, oh definitely which i mean joel we'll just have to ask him later for sure oh is he gonna come on (laughs) maybe (laughs) <laughs> i'm not letting that slip yeah. so well, if he does tell him to say hi we, we will <laughs> which uh if you didn't watch uh two weeks ago listeners or you know if you didn't listen all of the litcon stuff is up on the lit rpg youtube uh stuff um and if you missed any of the panels there were some really really good panels <laughs> there's none of the ask uh the amas which makes me sad because i want to rewatch charles dean's because i missed part of it Oh no! I tuned in like any AMA with Charles Dean is just—it's gonna be fun. It was—he was just playing with his beard the entire time. He's just like, and I was like, that—that that is a glorious beard. Okay. So we are going to go into our final segment and uh, start doing our plugs and stuff like that because we are running a little short on time. <laughs> which is Joel? 
other than Ethria, the pioneer. What have you been listening to? Uh, well, I've been, I started Death Cultivator. I finished book two. Uh, I finished the Seventh Realm Part One, which just recently came to Audible. Uh, Michael Chatfield. It's amazing. Uh, Blessed Times, book two, also came to Audible. I finished that. And then I also started the Cradle series, which I think we said earlier. Um, So, yes, I am on book two of that. All right. And also, I Uh, finished uh, Cyber Squad. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Uh, Because I was like, AK Maki Cat. Oh right, okay. So uh, I haven't I haven't been able to read it yet. So. It's really good. Seeing she, it. uh, her and Zachary uh, Johnson, who is the narrator, are going to be our guests on the next episode. Oh, nice! So it's going to be our first. Hello. It'll be our first four man uh, or four person squad. So it's going to be an interesting setup because I that means I have to get rid of my knight and shield and or my sword and shield and then my dragon on the side. But I can do it. I will oh. make it happen. <laughs> squad goals get squad. rid of the dragon <laughs> we're, we're gonna have squad goals um but i finished cyber squad uh and it was uh lucky enough or nice enough to gift me a review copy for it um and i listened to it and i powered through it in under a day i think and i loved absolutely every second of it so just a mild spoiler i'm gonna be fan fanboying like most of next episode because it was just <laughs> really good um i finished book eight in the uh beginning after the end series which was really really good i read of course ethria i read the first book in death cultivator it's, it's pretty good it, it, <laughs> i love that, that, that it, i love that that series so far it's amazing eden hudson fantastic we love her um what else have i listened to because i mean when i go to like sleep and stuff i i'll turn on uh, snake's life by kenneth Arnett just because like that's my comfort book the weirdest comfort series ever <laughs> um i did finish age of stone i can't remember if i brought that up um magus i need to read that one i finished magus by the which is the second book in the Cosmos series which is really, really good as well. And then the third book in the Kings League series, which is uh, Ruin of Kings. I still need to finish He Who Fights with Monsters, so Joel quits yelling at me. But <laughs> I am uh, I just picked up Monster Punk Horizon by HP Hollow today because that just came to Audible, and it's a game-lit series that's very Monster Hunter-based. If you want one more to add to that, I don't know if you've done it yet, but Dungeon of Envy by Drake O'Keefe. I have not, but I'm adding it to my list right now. Uh, read the first one, freaking loved it. The second one came out, and I haven't had time to read it yet, but uh, it's really good. It has a very unique take on it. It's like a mix between... It's already actually on my wish list, and it's narrated oh, by it? Steve, okay. uh, Steve Campbell, which we love Steve Campbell here, too. But, uh, Aaron, what have you been listening to or reading uh, well, you got some, you already have some of my stuff uh, that I mentioned earlier, but uh, I guess the last few been Reaper uh, by Will White, uh, The Ridden, Gameslick, Gamelit Apocalypse Fantasy Novel by Joshua Kern, who is oh, awesome, by the way. He does uh, um, the Game of Gods series, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, really good series and Dungeon Alara, Alaria. 
Um, and then I read Oblivion. Some. I read Oblivion Engine by Joshua Dunn. Uh, what was the other one by him that I read? Sorry, I'm looking at my list right now. You're good. Um, uh, Joshua Dunn. Oblivion Engine. I guess he he doesn't have audiobooks of them yet, but the uh, the Tower Lord series, uh, like, and then the, he has a, the Tower Lord. Hold on, say I'm gonna I'm gonna kick myself if I get this wrong. He's a good friend of mine too, Joshua Dunn. He has this wit that just makes me laugh. Uh, every single time I read a book of book from him, I just I I can't stop laughing the entire time. I Overlord. That's what it is. Tower Lords book one um and then he also has like mutomancer and necronancy rise of the unted just his stuff is just filled with puns and just it's absolutely hilarious so he i i went on a kick for him for a little while heard most of his stuff um definitely highly recommend all right i just added that one to my list (laughs) so um that is going to be the end of the show so let's go ahead and start doing plugs Aaron where can people find you uh, over on um, oh, I'm really bad at doing plugs um, <laughs> Amazon <Okay. laughs> find, me, find my stuff under uh, just my name Aaron Holloway or if you type in A.R. Holloway who should be able to find my stuff um, you'd find me on Royal Road I publish under uh, Max Hall over there. Have a uh, series I just finished actually this weekend, um, or a novel that I just finished over there over the weekend um, called Humanity's End. Find me on Facebook. Uh, I have a Facebook page which is AR Holloway, uh, facebook.com dash AR Holloway. Um, and then I have a Patreon as well. Just search my name in Patreon. You can find me there. Okay. I know I'm terrible at plugs every no, single no, time. You're good. You're, <laughs> you, you are perfectly fine. Joel, where yeah. can people find you? Uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter uh, at Sir Valor Hunter. And then, uh, yeah, I'm also don't really do twitches often anymore so sorry and then we can you can hear our podcast on like most uh podcast apps so yeah and, rich you want to yep and as always you can find me over at rich Dolphus on twitter and also stats on stats lit i am the one who kind of uh mans the social media for stats on stats because i just if i have a random thought i'm gonna tweet i like interacting with people it's fun even though i'm like a super introvert also you can find me here on the penultimate conquest where i've done multiple episodes where you know either the titans review or the live reacts to some of like the state of plays nintendo directs stuff like that and you can hear my hot takes because I have a lot of those. I'm not allowed to say my main one anymore because <laughs> Ruben said he, he he will fire me. Just kidding. Love you, Ruben. Tom Hardy's great. 
Um, yeah, so that's that's really it. But also, uh, be sure to check out our merch store because Stats on Stats has officially got merch now. We have hoodies, which Joel was wearing last week. I got mine in this week, and I love it. It fits perfectly, and we also have T-shirts. So head over to the penultimate conquest and just go to the merchandise store. You can see all the stuff. Uh, I think we're going to try to get mugs made, too, because who doesn't want coffee out of a lit RPG mug? <laughs> but hey, Rich, uh, yo, what's next? Next coming up, I've already kind of said it, but uh, will be our first four man squad where we have uh, Anna and Zachary, who are the narrator and author of the cyber squad. And I forgot to add that I've been reading her other series on Kindle uh, behind blue eyes. It's a cyberpunk thing. It's going to be a very fun episode. And then after that, the first show of December, which is on the fifth, we will have Herman Cooper on. And that's going to be a really fun episode. I'm actually really excited about that. And then to close out the year, you know what, Joel, let's go ahead and make the announcement. Now at the end of the year, on the 19th of December for our final episode of Stats on Stats Season 1, the man, the myth, and the Lord of the Mist Village, Alaron Kong, will be joining the show. I got that confirmed on the final day of LitCon, and we are absolutely pumped for that episode. Joel <laughs> and I have a lot of rereading to do. <laughs> so, but as always, this has been Stats on Stats. Just trust in the levels, guys. That's that's all you can do. <laughs> Have a good one. Thank you guys for having me. Hey, we appreciate you being on. Yeah, it, it was great. You had a, you were awesome. It's been a lot of fun. <laughs>